Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Stephen Clark. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. How are you? Excellent. I'm so glad that you came on the show. Um, it was it was just a pleasure to have you on here. Um, well, everybody's going to love to hear what you do. Uh, I find it fascinating. Um, you know how you you know you do, do give a lot back, uh, but I'll let you speak about it and kind of introduce everything that you do. Yeah, so uh, you know I'll start by saying obviously great to see you again, and it's mm-hmm. been a while. Uh, we, um, as, as you know, we we about five years ago now we launched a new model in the giving space. We decided that um, it was needed. Uh, we've been studying it for a while. My wife and I came out of retirement to make a positive impact in the world, and when we saw what was happening, um, as is specific. Specifically uh, around the younger generation, the millennials, who were basically asking questions that um, and demanding things that it was going to be very difficult for charities to, you know, to uh, to help them with. And so we launched a business called RTG Group. RTG stands for Receiving Through Giving. Uh, we decided the best way to really make sure uh, that this was a sustainable uh, model was to ensure that everybody was going to win more than they put in. That's our model. And uh, so we started in the hunger uh, field because I was a little shocked um, as someone who'd been, you know, in the corporate world and my own businesses for many, many years and and really involved in the charity world board. I was on boards and everything. Mm -hmm. And when we started searching around and getting data, uh, you know, we partnered up with Google and Nielsen and getting all this data. And I found out there was 48 million people in Canada, the United States that went hungry every day. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that one in five children in Canada went to school hungry, one in six in the United States. And honestly, I didn't even believe it. My wife and I have been feeding kids in Africa for 15 years, and I didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to some of the larger charities and, you know, I talked to them about it. And um, and I was really curious as to why they weren't, you know, mm-hmm. maybe addressing these things. And I found out that their priorities, uh, even though they were aware of them, their priorities are really about developing countries, which I thought as a strategist, I thought it was a little strange. Why not give 80% to the developing countries and keep some of it here, but they weren't. So I decided to build a model, uh, first and foremost, around ending hunger in North America. Okay. Uh, and we took all of the data that we had, specifically from the younger generation, and said, let's build a millennial model and make sure that everything that they're looking for is addressed in this model. So the two specific things, I guess there's really three. The first one is they demand transparency. Mm -hmm. They want to absolutely know where their money's going. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what is the impact that that's having? And then thirdly, and probably one of the most difficult, certainly for charities is, you know, what's in this for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the question is from a young person. It's always that question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have a millennial son, you know, I've heard yeah. before, right? So, yeah. so it's like, okay, well, you know, and, and I know that other people, especially when I talk to uh, baby boomers, other baby boomers around it, and they're like, wow, that's terrible. They're doing good and everything. I said, it doesn't matter if it's terrible or not. This is the way the generation is. So we might as well address it, you know, uh, right, right uh, head on. So what we did was this. We declared ourselves a for-profit social enterprise to do so as a nonprofit or charity, just 
it, we, we wouldn't be able to do this to, to what we wanted to do. Then we went out and we brought a team together and we formulated a really high quality food, non-GMO organic food. We knew that was necessary. And we were also a little disturbed to see that some of the food that people were getting was not very good nutritional value. And it, you know, it wasn't against sustainable. It wasn't going to certainly promote their health. Mm. So we wanted to make sure it was a good quality food. So that was the first thing. The second thing is uh, what we did was we said, okay, we got this great food. Now we had our focus groups. We brought the millennials together. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were eating the food in our focus groups. We said, okay, now we want you to buy this food from us. We are a for-profit social enterprise. You know, and of course they're all, all like, whoa, okay, what's that mean? Okay, we're going to explain it to you. Um, of course, they don't like the for-profit, uh, you know, associated with the giving. So mm-hmm. so he said, it's, we're, you're going to pay $39.70, uh-huh. purchase 30 meals from us. They said, okay. So then we're going to take those meals in your name and we're going to ship them to our charity partners. Come, you know, uh, charities like Second Harvest and Breakfast Clubs of Canada and Feed America in the States. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say thank you to you and they're going to send you your tax receipt for the full amount. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So now, first question we have for you before we go any further is what is it that you're giving the charity? Well, you were given the charity food. So how much of that food do you think is going back to the people who need it? Well, obviously 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, so 100% of what you're giving the charity is going back to the people who need it, which is obviously going to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, good. So you're happy with that. And they were, we, you know, 100%. Of course. We said, of course, we'd love this. Yeah. The next one, of course, we had to, the challenge was, you know, what's in it for them. So we said, okay, great. We want you to do this forever. Of course, you can imagine the look in a millennial's face when you say that. They're like, whoa, hang on a second. No, no, it's okay. We'll make sure you do. Here's a discount mobile app in Canada. Our discount app has got almost 3,000 vendors now. And they include, you know, travel restaurants, bars, hotels, electronics, bars, clothing, things that you would buy all the time. And every one of our vendors is going to give you a minimum of 15% off every time you use it. So again, we did case studies. There wasn't one single person in all of our focus groups that was going to save less than $3,000 a year. So we looked at them and said, well, if you're going to save that much money, it's only cost you $464 of which you get a tax receipt to do good. Are you going to keep doing it forever? And again, we got, had them all go, wow, this is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had the model. Now, the last piece was one I put in specifically because I wanted to make our disruption in the giving space a positive one. Yes. So we give back roughly 50%. It's actually $3 of every $39.70. We must give that back to other causes. The significance of that, Shahid, is is that I wanted eventually other charities Mm -hmm. to be able to come to us and say, let's collaborate, which is not a big word in the charity model anyway, for for many reasons, I understand Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. but let's collaborate. And by helping you feed more people, you can give that money to us. And that's exactly what's happening today. We've had huge uh, charities now come to us and say, let's partner up. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's just that model is just been, I mean, we thought it was going to be pretty good. And then we went ba- down to the United States, met with the American Bar Association, you know, 500,000 lawyers. And we cut a deal with them. They loved the model. They said, yes, we have to implement this in. And right after that, we knew we had something really special. And so, you, so 
Yeah. You mentioned a 50%, but then you said $3. So did I miss something there? 50% of our profit. Oh, the profit. So yeah, yeah. it's not a requirement, but it was something just to share in with other organizations. Yeah. So we, it, it's a requirement that I put into our model. Okay. So I've actually built it in and said, you know, cause I know we're, you know, we're having investors come in and I'm saying, uh, you can't be screwing around with that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. make lots of money, everything. We're a for-profit company, but we must give back $3 to every, every single thirty-nine seventy, $3 of that's got to go back to another cause. So, uh, yeah. So how would it work for a business or an influencer or whoever wanted to kind of um, utilize this offering? They would just provide it with every purchase that they will say, hey, you know what? Would you like to upsell? Like they would upsell this to $37.90 that they would just pay every month? Yeah. So, so we build, so the real secret, so that's the model. That's the, that's the mecha, how it, you know, the mechanism mm. type of thing, right? The real secret to our company, somebody's asked me this on a podcast I did in, from Singapore. They said, what's the real secret sauce? And the real secret sauce is our, is the, is the programs we build. We build really cool programs. We build purpose-driven travel. We build that app. We build all these different programs. We have the online influencer challenge, which is very cool. In fact, the one guy from New York, uh, he hasn't launched yet, so I won't, you his name, but he's got about 6 million people on, on, uh, on the YouTube. He told me that this program, that's how we met. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you guys we are going to do that. Me, yeah. So exactly. You were at that, that launch. And so yeah, you guys so, like somebody exactly. from your office called. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And we did the, uh, we did downtown we did Toronto, that, yeah. downtown Toronto and our offices there. And the one thing that happened in that, and we learned a lot from that because we learned that we, we had about 35 influencers sign up mm-hmm. in that. The problem is, is we felt strategically because it was easier to get the smaller influencers, the ones that had smaller numbers, because we could still talk to them and the other guys had managers and everything else. The problem that we did, what we didn't realize is the smaller influencers didn't have the bandwidth to put the time and, and energy into it. And so they, as much as they loved the program, they really didn't promote it the way we wanted. So we didn't get the people fed. So I went and I got to a couple of the big guys and I said, well, here's the deal and here's the give back and everything else. And these guys were saying, wow, I cannot believe that I can do a program. I can get, you know, couple hundred thousand people fed. I can get trips out of this thing and I can make more money than I've ever made with any of the sponsors I've ever had before by doing good. Mm. This is an unbelievable model. So in the online influencer challenge in 20, in next year, we expect that to that program to be feeding more than a million people a month. Mm-hmm. And we've already got influencers that are already buying in and getting ready to launch. And it's going to be a January launch. And so that's great. So that program. So we build these programs. So every single program, we take that $3 and it can be distributed. However, you know, it doesn't necessarily the whole $3 in, in the charity model. It's what goes right back to the charity. But in the other programs, some yeah. of it could go to influencers. Some mm-hmm. of it could go to, to trips. Uh, we just signed, for example, we're doing one really, really cool one. Um, around the Bitcoin guys, Mm -hmm. right? Crypto's big and then the young people. So we got all these Bitcoin groups, uh, these cryptocurrency groups together. And so their goal is they want to feed 5,000 people a month. So, and they can, we take Bitcoin. So they they think it's really cool that they can do something. Yeah. yeah, So we take Bitcoin. So we, we, so we take that $3 and we say, okay, so the the group owner has to, the influencer who's putting all this together, he's got to make something. So he Mm -hmm. gets a dollar. Then 
we take $1, so in this case, $5,000 a month, and every month we draw five names and we send them $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, right? Because they're mm. participating in the program. Mm -hmm. And then the last dollar, <laughs> we engage all those people again who are feeding and saying, we have $5,000 a month. We're going to do it every quarter in this case. So we have $15,000 every month that we must give back to another charity. You guys get to decide where that goes. And so they get to decide whether it's climate or whether it's you know racism or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then we put that money back into there. So the $3 still has to go back on everything we do. It's just being creative on how we do that, right? And who our partner is. So that's how that's how those programs work. And that's how we'll do it. And I could tell you right now in the UN, we have a, a a partnership with the UN, $2.50 goes right back into the foundation. So that program over the next three years, we will be feeding 5 million people a month. So that means $12.5 million a month or $150 million a year is going into a foundation. We're partnering with the UN and that's all going into developing countries. So think about that from the UN's perspective, just because they partnered with us, they didn't put up any money, nothing. It's our model. And we're going to these associations. So now we're going to be feeding 5 million Americans mm. a month. And because of that, we have $150 so million dollars to put into developing countries. So it's, uh, what can be more beautiful in entrepreneurship to do good and to make money because yes. <laughs> that yes. is just beautiful. You know, that's that for my mind. I'm so passionate about that because yes. I'm a firm believer in whatever you put out, you get. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's in a way that you're putting out, but you're also monetizing it. Got it. Got to do it. Shahid. The, the yeah. biggest flaw right now. Uh, uh, well, there's, there's many flaws in the giving space, but we're they're literally they're begging for money. Right mm -hmm. here. It's a good cause. Will you please give? Well, they're all good causes. So we already yeah. know that. And quite frankly, it's a little bit tiresome. You get hit all over the place. Your friend's doing something there and it's like, oh, so. And the other thing is, is now we even baby boomers are starting to say, where's this going? How come I'm giving to these these charities, but the problems seem to be escalating, not re not not going down. There's more people hungry now. There's more people living on the street. What the hell's going on? So they're not seeing the results. So everybody's starting to be concerned about that. But here's the other problem is you, if you want a sustainable model in anything, it doesn't really matter. Business model, it does. You make sure that all your suppliers are, you know, they, the, the price is good and you're paying them on time and everything. Sustainable model. Everybody's good. It's good. They'll keep giving you, they'll keep giving you good service, everything else. But the minute you start, you know, hammering them for price or yeah. you say, uh, you know, I can't pay, uh, it'll be another two or three weeks, or everything, all of a sudden they're not winning. Mm -hmm. In fact, they may even be losing because maybe they've made commitments. So the relationship starts to fall apart. In mm -hmm. our model, the essence of the heartbeat of our model mm -hmm. is that everybody must win more than yes. they put in. That's and what I like about it. We build the program. Exactly. We build the program. It's like we take individuals or we take groups or whatever and say, let's build this program in every touch point. But here's the key to that. And I was just telling somebody that this morning on another call. We're, we're somebody. We're part of that. So every, when I say everybody, that includes us and our employees and everybody associated, we must win as well. That's why for-profit social enterprises are going to be the future. That's the so future. this this can be also created as a as a, a custom program for any industry. Any anybody can approach you we, and say, "Hey, listen." Um, uh, Stephen, like I need to, I need to set up something like this for my corporation to sure. give back, and you could just design something out for them. 
I'll tell you what happened in the corporation, which was really interesting. So we took our model in the corporation and we need to get into companies, right? So we're like, okay, we got a great program, right? So here we go into the companies we go and we created the RTG team building program. And we thought we were brilliant, right? Like, yeah, fantastic. We're going to go in. You're going to divide your employees up into uh-huh. teams. Yeah. Which team can feed the most? You know, isn't yeah. this fantastic? So like a challenge. we, we beta tested. Yep. Great program. So we beta tested in, uh, in February of, of 2019. And, uh, and 25 companies did it and they had fun and everything. But we got some data back that we didn't anticipate. And what we got back from some of the CEOs and everything was, yeah, yeah, you know, it was fun. And, you know, generally speaking, you know, everybody got involved. And, I, and of course, you know me, I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we had some people not engage. Really? Like young people? Well, yeah, actually, the ones that didn't get engaged were all young people. What are you talking about? We have all the data on young people. Yeah. Like, like they love making a difference and everything like that. Yeah. He said, yeah. We, here, this is the reason why they, we had some people say, you know what? I think that feeding is great and everything like that, but I'm really passionate about the climate or I'm passionate about gender equality. So yeah, I, I put all my time and effort into that. So I'm not doing it. Hmm. Um, I went, whoa, you're kidding. Went back to our team and said, here, get, let's get more data. We called Google. We got more data. Sure enough, if they get passionate about a cause, that's the one that they focus on. So we said, whoa, okay, well, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, and we're looking at all the companies out there, all the big companies, all the small companies, they're all pre-selecting, you know, some of these sustainable development goals. Well, we're going we're gonna to focus on this and we're going to focus on that. And now we have the data to virtually reach out to them and say, Say, uh-uh, that's a flawed strategy. You're already you're building programs that some of your employees are just not going to get engaged. Why would you want to do that, right? Mm. So we said, okay, what's the solution? So we spent about eight months, came up with the solution, uh, and in November of last year, almost almost a year ago, we launched or we we beta tested the RTG Social Impact Challenge. Now, mm. this is one of the finest programs. It's, it's got nothing to do with the feeding. Put the feeding aside now. We decided, based on everything we did, that we were going to build a specific program that was literally going to revolutionize the way the corporations looked at things. So we've got 25 companies. We said, here's the challenge. Here's how it works. You register on our platform and all of your employees register. And the first thing that comes up is the 17 sustainable development goals. And they can click on whichever one they're passionate about. And underneath every single one, there's like 50 different challenges that they can take that's going to get them a score, a social impact score based on our algorithms are will tell you the impact, the actual impact of that challenge in in what you're doing. So if you're about climate, you click on it. There's challenges from going and picking up trash for 30 minutes and taking a picture and you get four points. Oh, it's all designed already in the all, back end. It's done. It's done. It's we, we launched, we, we beta tested it in November. We had, no, I mean, I meant like, like uh, any company could just utilize that. Like it's already. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're just started selling them because here's what happened. We launched it. We, well, we didn't launch it. We beta tested it. We had these companies try it and we said, so this will get engage all of your employees. Mm-hmm. So, and I can tell you, some of the CEOs said, well, I doubt it, but you know, we'll do it because you're giving it to us to try for nothing. So we beta tested it. We got CEOs coming back to us and saying, holy crap. I mean, 
We've never got 100% engagement. This was unbelievable. And what had happened, everybody's doing challenges about what they're passionate about. Every challenge leads to score. Then we add up the entire score for the month, divide by the number of employees. And at the end of the month, every company had a social impact score. And they were like, whoa. Mm. So we made it all around the employees. Nice. And the score was because of the efforts of the employees. And they Not get engaged. Yes. They got a full engagement. So we we said this, we got a real winner. I mean, this was phenomenal. So first we, we start putting the marketing thing together, of course. And then as we all know what happened, COVID hit. So we stepped back and said, okay, well, you know, a lot of companies, we don't know what's going on and everything like that. So then last month we sat down as our team and said, it's time to launch the social impact challenge. And, you know, we were all talking, we, we have now close to 20 people and we're all talking about what's going on. And we're saying, so why do we think that? We said, well, companies are telling us right now that they're looking for creative ways to bring their people together. They can't do it physically. So they have to do it online. So why not programs that gamify it? They'd let them trash talk each other about who's got more points, let them have fun. And at the end of the time, they're going to have this score that they can be proud about. It's going to help them with their culture. It's going to help them attract and retain these millennial employees. You and, can do award certificates. Oh, we've got the social impact challenge or okay. awards, social oh, impact good. awards. Some of the big companies you've gone to and said, Hey, why don't you take this to your, to your clients? And why don't you champion it? Why, why isn't it the KPMG social impact awards and do this? And this is the future. So this program is going is exploding. Uh, I mean, it is now we expect to have, we can have three, 400 uh, clients. Now we just start selling it. We've got them. Um, we've got, we'll probably have about three to 500 doing the challenge in January. So could you give a, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So uh, can you give an example of, of, a of a, a solo entrepreneur or entrepreneur wanting to utilize this to kind of give back, do a challenge at the same time they're, they're helping, right. They're doing a challenge, but could be also used as a like lead generation or example. Oh, right? huge lead generation. So, so we have how, now, how can you, yeah. can you give a example of say a solopreneur yeah. that like a network marketing person, for example, of yeah. someone that could utilize this to grow yeah, their so, network. So one of the big things we've got right now is coaches, consultants and stuff like that. So they're going to companies and saying, Hey, we got a great program for you. And uh, this will, we're going to bring this to you where you are the coach or consultant or whatever. We're going to bring this to you. And this is an unbelievable way in which you're going to engage your employees. You're going to do all this kind of stuff. And the price point is very affordable. So, and so, yeah. uh, so, and of course, anybody who does that for us, there's commissions that, that we yeah. pay out. Um, as far as the direct sale industry, um, imagine when they get involved, uh, when companies get involved, um, and they start to engage. So a company, you pick any company, it doesn't really matter. Amway, everybody knows Amway. So imagine Amway getting all of their, uh, I think they call them IBOs or distributors, whatever they call them, getting them all involved. And they're all in the challenge now. And they're from different regions all over the world. And they're all taking the challenge. It's in 22 languages, we have it. So they're all taking the challenges and doing the things and maybe different countries are challenging other countries to see who can get the bigger score. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, it's an unbelievable model. But again, here's the difference between 
between ours and anybody else's, it, mm -hmm. it encompasses all 17 SDGs. Every single one of them. You could pick whatever, so you no longer make it about what the company decide they want to do it. It's about the individuals. STG. STG stands for Sustainable Development Goal. Oh, okay. And so in 2015, the United Nations got together with 196 member uh, countries, and they basically built a white paper, a manifesto, and said, these are the 17 sustainable development goals that we need to eradicate by 2030. And they put them on the climate. There's 17 of them right now. The, and, and the reason why I refer to them so much is 67% of all companies in North America are referring to the SDGs when they're talking about growth or any type of strategy. So they bought into it. They realize how important these things are. They also realize because of the millennials, Shahid, uh, purpose is now number one. Mm -hmm. You got to be a purposeful company. You want to build a stronger emotional connection to your brand. And these are the types of programs that will do it. It will not be cutting checks and taking the big checks and saying, Hey, look, we gave $3 million to this charity. You know what you're, you're uh, I can tell you already, cause we've actually experienced it uh, with other companies that we partner with your employees say, yeah, that's a yeah, big deal. Literally. There's no engagement, you know, right? Well, first of all, number one, we didn't do anything about with that. Number two, that's a tax receipt. Mm. What, what, what are you giving it to them for? A tax receipt. You know, big deal. Like you have no, what, what's the actual impact that that's having? Where's that million dollars or three million or 10 million? doesn't matter what you're giving them. Where's it going? Get, tell us what the impact is and tell us how we were involved in that. And then that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just not so, doing it anymore. So that's, that's a, such a good point that how things have changed, especially with oh, COVID. So um, like our, like what we do, our program for mindset, um, it has seen the best year in, in the whole history because, you know, people are, are looking for that. They don't want to feel that stuff that they're feeling. They want yeah. the freedom. They want the freedom inside and outside. Sure. And these things are the new yep. uh, it, uh, uh, form. It's a new way of doing it, Shahid. Yeah. There's no question about it. We've got to change. And here's the reality, and I tell every business owner that I talk to, and I talk to you know five a day, is, is that you know, get to know this demographic because they they think differently, they act differently, they're the future of you know of our world, but they you got to understand them better. And not just yes. on the surface, oh, they like this and they like that. Emotionally. And, yeah, you gotta get to emotional know level. Them. Subconscious exactly. level. <laughs> yes. I like to call it unconscious bias. Why are they why do they do the things that they do? What mm. have they learned? And I'll tell you something else which I love about the young people. Our of our staff, I think our average age is about 26. Uh, and you met Warren. So, you know, Warren mm, and him and yes. I are both in our fifties. So it's yeah. like, here's two, these two old white guys, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we have this great diversity and we have this great team. No, you but, guys are great. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what you, I mean, you haven't seen us in a while. You should see the team now. And yeah. uh, I love to come just yeah. invite me. Well, there's well, no more in person, no, but you exactly. know, <laughs> I'll come on a Zoom yes, call. <laughs> exactly. The interesting <laughs> thing is that our team now it's, you know, it's, as I say, we got close to 20 people and the difference is, is now they're saying to me so when things when would they open up um what's our what's how are we going to operate as a business right and of course we're like well how do you want, want to operate well we'd like to maybe do our monday meetings which we have every monday we've always had them we'd like to do those in person 
And so we have our Mondays, we get together, everybody sees everybody, and then we're gone. <laughs> and I'm like, do whatever you want. Yeah, uh, you know, the home, yeah. home, homework. I like be doing work from home. Yeah. I think is it should have been done years ago. There's I absolutely think, yeah. no reason why we have these huge high rise buildings and paying all that. Exactly. We should just be paying within sure. your expense to decrease the expense too for absolutely. consumers. Well, for sure. Look as at soon the, as uh, internet yeah. came out, as soon as all this came out, we should have just did everything home based. Yeah. I think this is, this is great. I, I mean, I can tell you personally and you, you know, you know, my wife, mm-hmm. um, like we both miss the human contact. Yeah. That's one thing, especially her. She's, you know, and yes. so that's the one thing we absolutely miss. Yeah. Yeah, of all this COVID stuff. Zoom is not but, the same. Uh, no, it's not the same, you know. So, but I enjoy it. I could tell you, I like, you for too. example, today, I've got 11 appointments today, all on Zoom. Mm-hmm. 11 appointments. Now, when in, when in your life have you ever been able no. to go see 11 people, right? No. We never did that. We had our luncheons. We had our coffee meetings. And those were, you know, so. Productivity it's a was way. lower. Productivity Pros and cons. Is like, I like it personally. I like it. Me and too. here's the thing is, if you're smart about it, I was just talking to somebody about this because he's burnt out and everything like that. And, and he was, you know, he's complaining to me and I said, so, um, yeah, so it's, you know, this it's because of COVID and all this stuff and everything. Right. He says, yeah, it's terrible. And everything. I said, no, no. He says, well, what do you mean? I said, you're the problem. It is what, what you make of mean? it. He said, what do I stop? He said, like you, you, people booking your calendar and everything like that. I said, not if I, not if I've already got it booked off. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't think I book times in my calendar? That said, blocked yep, off. Same here, yeah. Of course we do. The smart mm-hmm. people do. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, if I leave it open like I did on purpose today, because when last week people were saying, well, you know, how about Tuesday and everything? I thought, okay, Tuesday is going to be a crazy day. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it. And I'm good. I'm good with it. I knew I had mm-hmm. you and I knew I had mm-hmm. other people. That's okay. I knew I had these things. Mm-hmm. But normally I've got, you know, an hour here, an hour here, and yeah. lunchtime. My wife and I, every 12 to 1 o'clock, we do our lunch. We go for a walk. We do our stuff. So yeah. So you can't book it. So you can, can still control that. People think you let you know other people control your time. They don't. You control your time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then it's it's all within, right? Whatever you experience is coming from within. So you know, if you feel that way, that's all you're going to be yeah. going towards. And you know. The other thing, Shahid, I tell people yeah. all the time, and every time I tell them this, you know, I see that that kind of look on their face. They're like, "Yeah." I said, "You know what? It's never what happens to us in life. It's how we react to it." Yes. You want to make a big exactly. deal over some guy mm. who cut you off, mm. you know, when you were driving, so you go ahead, or you can just say, oh, you know what? Actually, I was taught this and I was really big in the personal development for a long time. Mm. Uh, built a company with Brian Tracy, actually. Yes. And uh, and so one of the things that I remember, uh, and it wasn't Brian, it was actually Stephen Covey. Um, he, was a, he was a mentor of mine and a friend. And he said to me, because I, I, I used to ha- get upset about people cutting me off and stuff like that. I had a little bit of road rage and so he said next time that happens to you what i want you to think of the guy cuts you off and you see him going and going fast and everything think to yourself that guy may be on his way to the hospital right now his son was in an accident of course you don't know on his way to the hospital and yeah. everything like that and so you know just just feel bad for the guy right always and look as soon for the as best. i change that thought process 
And that was when I learned it's not what happens to us. It's how we react to it. So, you know, you, you control that stuff. So that's really, really important. I think for your listeners too. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the the conscious mind is our barrier. So the five senses are our barrier. So if we're taking it in and we emotionalize, internalize something, we're going to be in that vibration, right? So we've got to be careful what comes through. So if we know, you know what, find the best in people, find the best like you just did. For sure. What if there's a problem? If as soon as you, do that right away you're yeah, exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and but, then you can stay positive yeah. <laughs> which I exactly like exactly that's the key right staying 24 hours uh, positive you yeah, know? that's yeah. the beauty of it no. i wanted to ask you uh, you have yeah. an impressive history too i know you mentioned the name there but i know you worked for colgate or like you, you had some a really nice uh, career like you were yeah in some I, you know i started off with um i was really fortunate i played professional hockey as you know i blew up yeah. my knee and uh-huh. you know, i just signed a big contract and it was like it was gone um, which team was that again? I, well, I, I played, I started my career in, in Sweden at 19. I signed my first professional contract. I went to the Swedish league because mm-hmm. I didn't want to play in the minors in, in mm-hmm. North America. Mm-hmm. The hockey just honestly wasn't good enough and mm-hmm. I wanted to improve. And mm-hmm. and then after a great career over there and, and Vancouver Canucks came, uh, offered a contract um, my fourth year there. It wasn't very good. Then offered a great contract my fifth year there, signed yeah. the contract. And, uh, and then one thing led to another and I just, I got hurt badly and I had a bunch of operations and it just you know i just couldn't play i mean that was it and mm-hmm. uh so and they were great about it and uh but i i was i ended up got introduced to the advertising industry and um and i fell in love with it it was just something that i just took to i really enjoyed mm-hmm. it and so i spent about four years there um learning it understanding it um you know huge company yeah. um and then i said you know what um it's time for me to i always had an you know entrepreneurial side to me yeah so at 29, I said, I'm going to go do this on my mm, own. Good. And I started good. on my own. And and I got a lot of help, a lot of great mentors. Uh, fortunately, as a professional athlete, um, you know, I was always surrounded with, you know, managers, coaches, agents, all the different things. And so I did the same thing in my business career. I just surrounded myself with mentors and people. So that's, that you can, you can agree that, you know, having a mentor or a coach and all these things, it just is the best way to reach some specific goals no because they already been there, right? Absolutely. Look for people as you know said many many times uh, mm. I like to look for people who have who are where I wanted to be yeah, exactly if, yeah. they, if I wanted to become a multimillionaire then I want to talk to multimillionaires mm. right so and true. I want to talk to a bunch of them uh, mm. to find out because there's always different ways to get there right you mentioned yeah. the you, you mentioned the direct sale industry the network marketing industry yeah. I interviewed because one of the things when when I was uh, doing some some coaching and some yeah. professional work in there um, talking about that industry. I, I interviewed about a hundred top leaders mm-hmm. because the industry, uh, the business model I thought was one of the best I'd ever seen, mm-hmm. but there was this, you know, this kind of stigma around the industry, mm-hmm. which, which really bothered mm-hmm. me. And I started listening to some of the things that were being said. And, um, and one of them <laughs> that they said was, this is the way to do it. This is the way to become successful. Now, I'm a strategist and pretty, I'd like to see pretty intelligent guy. And that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm like, what do you mean? This is the way you're like, there's one way to do it. Yeah, this is the way I didn't believe him. I said, oh, yeah, I don't believe that. So what I did was during the course when I was you know, investigated and everything, I started interviewing top leaders. I started interviewing and I interviewed about 100 top leaders. And I'm talking about top leaders, guys mm-hmm. who are making six figures a month 
like mm-hmm. big time guys, mm-hmm. all different companies. It didn't matter what company. I just wanted to talk to them. And the funny thing is when I finished that, <laughs> I had about 87 different ways to get to the top. <laughs> it was like, and I kept saying to myself, what happened to this? This is the way it's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's many different ways. And that's <clears> why when I was looking for people that I, I, I made sure it wasn't like one multimillionaire, it was a bunch of them. And so I wanted to know different ways and how they did it. And then I picked as Napoleon Hill teaches mm-hmm. us, I picked the one thing, the one thing that they were kind of all had. Yeah. And I found a few different things, you know, self-discipline. Every one of them had that, right? I had that thing. But I found the one thing which Napoleon Hill mentions in his book, mm-hmm. and I and I applied it to each guy. And after talking to them all and, and hiring some of them to be my I realized that the one secret in life, which you, which you, I'm sure know, and some of your viewers will, but Napoleon Hill has a quote and it says, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Now, the interesting, that's the secret of the book. That's the secret of life. If you can, if you can conceive it, well, who the hell can't conceive something? That's just dreaming it, right? That's our imagination and achieving it is just the end result. Yeah. There's only one le- one word left. If you can create an unshakable belief, yes, what you're doing mm-hmm. and and yourself, more importantly, mm-hmm. yourself and what you're doing, you are guaranteed to create success. Exactly. That's, that's what we do. Deal. We that's our program. It's a six month mastermind. That's what we exactly what we do. That's the deal. We get once you get that twenty four hours of belief and yep. knowing your end result and your goal. That's it. There's this guaranteed you're gonna make it. That's it. I've, I can tell you, it's interesting. People have said to me about our, about our model and everything. And I told them, you know, I told them five years ago, what we're going to do and where we're going to be mm. and everything. Mm. And they used to say to me, well, you sound so sure of yourself. I said, yeah, I, I can see it. I believe it. And I yeah. said, here's the difference between me and maybe some other people who won't create success is I'm not going to stop until I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm yeah. doing. So that's where we're going to be. <laughs> uh, we always like to ask, you know, yeah. that uh, because this is the Super Entrepreneurs Podcast yeah, yeah. and we're glad to have you here. So we always like to ask, what is your inner superpower that you feel that, you know, got you to this place? Yeah. I think I mean, you already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously belief. Uh, yeah. I have a, I have an unshakable belief. I mean, I've yeah, had so good. many people, especially over the last five years, just with this model alone, but you go back, I mean, as a hockey player, yeah. uh, I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't the smallest uh-huh. guy, but I wasn't the no. biggest guy. And so, Oh, you, you, you might not be big enough to make it this eh, the hell yeah. with you. Yeah. I just always believed in myself and what I was yes. doing. I could never, I've been asked, by the way, of many, many, well, how did you, where did you learn that? Did your parents teach you that or whatever? Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I've, I've looked back over the years and tried to find out where, how, I, how I developed that. Um, but I don't know where that came from, honestly. And uh, we came from a very poor family. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we didn't have money or anything like that. My parents yeah. were just were just workers and great people, obviously, but yeah, I don't know where I learned it, but I did learn That's it. Good. Um, and I'm certainly glad I did, but that would be really it. My other thing that I always tell people 
is I've developed patience, which I think all entrepreneurs need to understand uh, because it's never going to happen as fast as we want it to happen, no matter what. I don't care how good your plan is or whatever. Just understand you have to be patient. And of course, persistence. You know, yes. you have to be keep. persistent. You have yeah, to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to mm. keep going. And that's part of the belief, of course. You mm-hmm. believe in yourself. You're going to yes. keep going. So mm-hmm. that's the deal. Yeah. So, you know what, uh, Stephen, it's been great talking to you. Everything was am- amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. 